Hey there, faculty and students. For this week's podcast, we'll consider what was brought to the town hall earlier this week, which is the curriculum oversight proposal. Specifically, formulation and structure of our curriculum committees. So in our current system, the Education Policy Committee is the big overarching curriculum management structure, and that will remain the same. Each of the current curriculum committees, you know these as FOM1, FOM2, the Core Clinical Experiences Committee, and the Advanced Studies Curriculum Committee, these are considered EPC subcommittees. In our new integrated curriculum, these divisions by year may not be the best framework for oversight and management. We are proposing an integrated phase pillar strategy to better represent the new curriculum with all its components and ensure integration. Please refer to the figure that's in this week's newsletter for a visual to go along with this verbal description that you're gonna hear now in the podcast. Additionally, there's a link to a pretty lengthy 14 page long Word document that's available for commentary by anyone in the UMass community. Everything that's gonna be verbalized here is included in more detail in that document if further clarification is desired by the listener. I'll start with a high-level overview of the new curriculum oversight structure proposal, and then we'll look at each of the subcommittees in a bit more detail. Under the Education Policy Committee, we are proposing that there will now be five subcommittees. These include a foundational subcommittee, a clinical subcommittee, a health system science subcommittee, a longitudinal threads curriculum committee, and an assessment committee. There will be student and faculty leadership of these. That's right, we did say that there will be student co-chairs creating a triadic leadership structure, three chairs in total. This is an attempt to elevate the student voice through curriculum committee leadership roles. We envision that these student leaders may be senior level students on the education pathway, or in the instance of health system science committee, this may be a senior level health system science student. Additionally, assessment is coming into greater focus in the new curriculum, and we are proposing a committee dedicated to this purpose, particularly around the transitional years of the new curriculum, in order to ensure that we are developing and practicing very consistent assessment modalities that truly reflect longitudinal learner progression. The last big picture point that I'd like to call out specifically is an idea of more deliberately defined responsibilities for individual curriculum committee members and an accountability framework around attendance requirements for continued service and membership on those committees. Again, there's more detail in that document that you can find in this week's newsletter. So let's consider each of those five curriculum committees for a moment. We'll start with the foundational curriculum committee. Firstly, in this proposal, the current FOM1 and FOM2 committee would be collapsed into a singular body. The charge of this group is oversight and management of the foundational blocks, their calendaring, scheduling, as well as reviewing and responding to student feedback and developing, improving, and instituting guidelines, processes, and policies that pertain to this foundational phase of learning. It's also important to state that they're charged with standardizing the student performance strategy between blocks and consistently applying the guidance of the assessment committee while it is active. We propose that they may need to meet twice monthly with the first meeting of the month perhaps being reserved for course reporting and the second monthly meeting for other business. Certainly foundational curriculum committee membership needs to include leaders from each of the blocks 
And we'd also like student representation spots reserved for UMass campus students and Perch campus students. There should be a pathways leader, an academic technology representative present as well. Additionally, cross-pollination from the other curriculum committees will be reflected in this committee's membership. The idea of curriculum committee members attending each other's meetings is a theme that you'll notice throughout. We believe this is an important part of a fully integrated curriculum. The leadership model will be triadic, as we mentioned, and there will be faculty chairs from representatives, uh, I'm sorry, chairs that are biomedical, clinical, and again, that final year student. The, the SBC will continue to help us select student officers and student representatives. And we recommend that the student chair of this committee be from the education pathway. The students will serve a one-year term, uh, whereas the faculty will serve three years. The faculty chair will, chairs rather, will continue to be appointed by the dean, and these uh, may come from recommendations through uh, the foundational assistant dean. Please see that shared document for more information about the roles and expectations for members and leaders in this committee and all the others. The second committee we're gonna talk briefly about is the clinical curriculum committee. Additionally, this proposal includes a collapse of two current distinct committees. That is the CCE and the Advanced Studies Curriculum Committee. Because we are representing the entire clinical phase, this group will need to meet twice a month. This proposal includes some major changes, including the formulation of a core clinical curriculum committee subgroup. In our current LINK curriculum, there is a separate working group of clerkship directors who meet regularly to ensure that clerkships have some consistency in terms of assessments, experiences, and their objectives. They also try to make sure that the clerkships are complementary and not overly redundant in their focus. In the new curriculum, we'd like to propose that this group of core leaders also includes the advanced studies core rotations. These, may, these will include the acting internships and our emergency medicine experience, which at UMass is the emergency clinical problem solver rotation. In the larger group, the clinical curriculum subcommittee, there will be other membership too, including selective and elective leaders, such as the flexible professional experiences leadership, electives, and cross-pollinating leaders, again, from health system science, longitudinal curriculum committee representatives, and academic technology. Again, that leadership model will include a biomedical content leader to ensure enhanced biomedical content in the clinical years period, as well as a clinical educator and a student leader. The appointment processes will be the same that we described for the foundational curriculum committee. And again, those enhanced membership expectations will be applied to this new structure as well. The health system science curriculum committee truly represents the development of a new pillar. And this formulation is a work in progress. They will be charged by the EPC with oversight and management of health system science content across the entire medical, medical school experience. Courses represented here would include the population health, the population and community health clerkship, which has moved to the third year in our new curriculum, as well as the interstitial curriculum, which may be called the health system science seminar in the new curriculum. Health system science content will also be baked into courses and rotations, and oversight and management of those will be governed by this body. Like the other committees, 
They're also charged with responding to student feedback as it pertains to health system science topics and developing assessment strategies. Like other curriculum committees, this one will report out to the EPC annually, and we're recommending monthly meetings for this group. Now, the membership here has been the point of much discussion, and more input is certainly needed. The membership will include leaders of the rotations that I've described, but may also include representatives from the core health system science domains. If you'd like a list of what those domains are, again, please check that Word document. We want to make sure we have pathways representation on the health system science curriculum committee, student representatives, foundation and clinical year cross-pollination representatives as well. It was suggested at our town hall this week that the core health system science domains each have a content expert representative on this committee. Um, and we also think that perhaps some of the cross-cutting domains might need to be reflected here as well. Perhaps we should consider those cross-cutting domains that most uh, adequately reflect the school's mission. Since it may be tricky to figure out assessment strategies and capture health system science specific outcomes data, representatives from the assessment committee should be invited as well. And as mentioned, academic technology will continue to attend all of the subcommittee meetings. The Longitudinal Threads Curriculum Committee is a group that has recently come up and running in our current curriculum, and their work will be extended into the new curriculum. This group is charged by the EPC with oversight and management of longitudinal threads across the entire medical school experience. In addition, just like other curriculum committees, they're charged with developing ways to measure longitudinal progression in these content areas, as well as capturing and responding to student feedback about these longitudinal threads. We're recommending monthly meetings for this group, and the composition of the membership has already started in the current LINK curriculum, but will ultimately include representatives from nutrition, pharmacology and therapeutics, a wellness leader, a diversity and inclusion leader, a professional development thread leader, a three-year MD representative, and of course student representatives with spots being protected for PERCH students, biomedical and clinical thread leaders, and a contemporary conversations or futurism representative, which is a spot that might be held by a student. There should be a health system science representative as well. During our town hall this week, it was suggested that perhaps a graduate medical education council representative might be appropriate on this committee as well to ensure longitudinal progression and to maintain an eye toward professional development that extends over the lifetime of the learner and is not confined to medical school. Additionally, there was some discussion of social determinants of health taking a more prominent role, either in this committee or in the health system science committee. As with other curriculum committees, we'd like to ask that an academic technology rep be present at these meetings. And the leadership structure will be similar to what we've mentioned with a triadic system, including a biomedical, clinical, and student officership. Finally, and probably most novel to this system is the idea of an assessment committee. This committee would be charged by the EPC with building and managing the strategy around longitudinal holistic learner assessment and advising block rotation and course rotation, as well as integrated thread leaders in terms of assessment. It is important to note that this is intended to be a transitional curriculum committee. We wanna create assessment strategies that are consistent within phases and capture competency-based progression in a consistent way throughout all years. 
the assessment curriculum committee members will work with other curriculum leaders to refine and evolve our assessment strategies to ensure that they're fair and reflective of learning objectives. We propose that the assessment curriculum committee may not be a permanent body, but will stand for a minimum of four to five years, which will allow an entire cycle of students to graduate from the new curriculum. At the end of the fourth academic cycle, the EPC, in conjunction with the Office of Educational Affairs, will look at outcomes data, including student satisfaction, exam data, clinical performance data, and potentially even step one and two data, which will have a few years available to us at that point. We recommend monthly meetings dedicated to assessment and representatives from this committee will be necessary at each of the other curriculum committee meetings. Membership should include CAA faculty, IREA faculty, rotating clinical curriculum and foundational curriculum committee members, student representatives, learning community representatives, learning community leaders, a PERCH faculty representative, an information technology representative, pathways representation, and three-year MD program representatives. It might make sense for a graduate medical education council representative to be present here as well, and longitudinal curriculum committee representation would be favored in this model as well. Leadership is another point of discussion for the assessment committee. Our initial proposal included co-chairs from the Center for Academic Achievement and either a faculty at large representative or perhaps an IREA leader. Finally, rather than having a student leader in this capacity, it has been proposed that we consider a UMass resident or fellow with medical education interests taking up this role. Those are the five committees, and now I want to share some feedback from the town hall this week, which included strong support of that triadic leadership model, particularly the idea of elevating the student voice through student committee leadership, and support for the idea of a biomedical and clinical thread leaders in place through multiple phases of the curriculum. We also have an updated proposed, we have also updated this proposal based on that town hall feedback to include more student representatives in terms of number than we had originally proposed. And we formalized academic technology presence at each of these curriculum committee meetings. As I've mentioned in a few places, it was recommended that we consider a GMEC representative or graduation graduate medical education representative. And you'll see that our most current version of the, of the proposal does this in a few places. There are several questions remaining around leadership of the assessment committee and health system science leadership and membership. A final question for you all is how we continue, how can we continue to make social determinants of health a stronger voice throughout the curriculum and potentially designate curriculum oversight leaders with social determinants of health expertise? Should this be codified with social determinants of health leadership in one or more of these committees? We are open and anxious to receive feedback about that specific question and all the others you've heard today. There's opportunity to leave commentary on the Word document, which again is linked in Friday's e-news email. Thanks so much for your attention and we look forward to feedback on this proposal and the others that come through the town hall. The community feedback phase is really important to this curriculum renovation project. And so we thank you for your engagement. Please attend those town halls if you're able to, because this is the main forum where we share our proposals with the community prior to bringing them to EPC or the Dean for final approval. These meetings are recorded if that early Wednesday time slot's not convenient for you. 
This was a lengthy podcast, but there was much to cover here. So I thank you for your attention. And until next week, this has been the Curriculum Revolution 22 podcast.